welcome to another episode of Exposit the Truth, where it's all about the clarity of the living Word of God and how to apply it to everyday life. So here we are with Authority of Scripture, Part 1. Um, and if you're a believer, uh, then this lesson will arm you with more knowledge, confidence, and truth about the Scriptures of God's Holy Word. Um, if you are new to the Bible, my hope is to persuade you uh, how the Bible has overwhelming evidence of how it is infallible, inerrant, completely reliable, and sufficient. So in other words, uh, sufficient meaning nothing needs to be added to it or subtracted from it. It is sufficient um, and completely reliable. That's self-explanatory. Uh, infallible, inerrant, meaning there are no mistakes at all. Not a single one. So the takeaway is this. Identifying what is the truth in a world full of deception may be perhaps one of the most difficult or confusing discoveries in a person's life. Thankfully, in God's holy word, it is not just a few discoveries that make his word the truth, but overwhelming amounts of evidence that even today keep mounting up. Over thousands of years, the evidence just keeps on going. Right? It does not stop. While other religious texts, it's just one person's writing, makes you feel good for a little while, and it stops there. There is no evidence that keeps mounting. And by the way, their bones are in the grave. And Jesus' bones are not because he is risen. There is the historical evidence, archaeological, geological, genealogies, uh, and the miraculous story of how it all came together. Okay, with that said, let's go into Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, so three selected passages here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, 12 and 13, 2 Timothy 3, and 2 Peter 1. So in Hebrews chapter 4, starting from verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who, to whom we must give account. So the two-edged sword, while the word of God is comforting and nourishing to those who believe, it is a tool of judgment and execution for those who have not committed themselves to Jesus Christ. Some of the Hebrews were merely going through the motions of belonging to Christ. Uh, intellectually, they were at least partly persuaded, but inside they were not committed to him. God's word would only expose their shallow beliefs and their false intentions. And this is also true um, for today and all throughout history and moving forward that God's word does expose those who partially say they, you know, they're uh, in, in, in an intellectual way. They acknowledge, so professing Christians acknowledge the truth, uh, you know, that the Bible is true, it's from God, and all of these things, but their heart is not committed to God, right? It's not given to the Lord Jesus. Uh, and they're still living for themselves, still living in sin. And so how do we, how does how do we as a believer 
how are we able to to see that in a person's life? The power of the Word of God, the two-edged sword. All right. Uh, once you understand it and you walk in a spiritual holiness and maturity, able to uh, clearly explain Scripture, what it means, because you are already living by it. Right. You're not just trying to you know preach to a person, but if you're living by it, you're following God's commands then you're able to explain. Um, so when you can do that, then the true heart of the person, whoever you're talking to, who's a professing believer or just uh, you know, a non-believer, that the true intentions come out because that's the power of the Word of God. All right, so 2 Timothy um, 3, 16-17. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, training in righteousness, Scripture not only rebukes wrong behavior, but also points the way back to godly living. Scripture provides positive training in godly behavior, not merely rebuke, and correction of wrong behavior. Uh, breathed out by God. Sometimes God told the writers exactly what to say, exactly what you know what words to say. Um, but more often, He used their minds, vocabularies, experiences to produce His own perfect, infallible, inerrant word. And you also have a lot of the Old uh, Testament prophets. They were given visions, dreams. Um, but, but sometimes, like Moses, it was an audible, direct voice directly from God. But, you know, once again, many other times it was um, through God's word. So you have Paul in the New Testament, who wrote most of the New Testament, um, had the one encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then, um, but, you know, God spoke through to him through the, um, his knowledge that was already in his brain by knowing all of the Old Testament, because remember he was a, um, from the family of Pharisees. So, uh, you know, God spoke through his word, and as well as um, after he was born again uh, by the Spirit, and Jesus and Christ was alive in him, then through his ministry, all throughout his ministry, all the letters to the churches, that we see it is clearly written um, through Paul, but by the Holy Spirit um, that gives the understanding of scriptures, all scripture, and allowed him to do what he did and plant the first generation of all churches. Uh, Amazing, amazing work of God through Paul. All right, so let's read the next uh, scripture is 2 Peter 1, 19-21. And we have the prophetic word, more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So like I just said, Paul and many of the apostles and writers, all the other prophets, 
uh, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, a lamp shining in a dark place, the murky darkness of this fallen world keeps people from seeing the truth until the light shines. The light is the lamp of revelation. And also remember what Jesus said um, about this, about being the light of the world. Um, the light represents the truth of God's word. Uh, in Matthew 5, 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so that's a direct connection there uh, about light, the lamp shining in a dark place. Uh, you will do well to pay attention. Peter was warning believers that since they would be exposed to false teachers, they must pay careful attention to Scripture. All right, and so this is, there are many references in Scripture. Um, and if your your thoughts are, or many people's thoughts are, oh, it's distorted. It's It's been thousands of years and people changed the meaning of it. So sure, that's an excuse, but then you can also find out for yourself whether or not that's actually true. You have heretical trans translations like the New World Translation from Jehovah Witnesses that is a heresy because they obviously changed who the deity of Christ is. Then you have other heretical Bibles like the Catholic Bible where they added other books in the Bible that don't even connect in any way and actually contradict all of Scripture. So that's an obvious one. Anything that contradicts or goes against or confuses what Scripture is talking about that is the doctrine of demons. Um, and so the Bible clearly warns us about false teachers coming. And there are many chapters, many passages of scriptures talking about false teachers. And it's no surprise that people use things to their own benefit, including the Bible, right? To control other people, to make money for themselves, to make, you know, and all kinds of distortion of the truth. And that has been, that's the only, the, that only, further proves that there is evil in the world, right? So here's our list of facts. But before our list of facts, um, keep in mind that no matter how hard people try with uh, confusing and distorting the Bible, we have the original manuscripts. Um, and if you go to the Bible Museum and you can still translate word for word what the meaning is today, uh, and these manuscripts are like thousands of years old, so... Um, this is how uh, God knew that people would distort, right? Um, because a fallen, sinful mankind will will do this. Um, you know, anything to hurt other people, mislead other people, and do evil deeds. Uh, God knew this will happen with with His word as well. So that's why He left us overwhelming amounts of evidence that you can still validate today, right? So. If you are skeptical, sure, we were all believers were at one point. But uh, what I don't get is staying in skepticism and doubt for the rest of your life. Because you have one life and you have one account of judgment that comes after we all die. 
there are no second chances. So you don't want to stay skeptical. I encourage you to find and know the truth. All right, so get your notebook out for this one if you are uh, able to. The long list of evidences, and this is not even all of them, but I'm just hitting the big ones. 66 books in the Bible, right? So first of all, we call it a book. We call it a book, you know, the Bible a book, but it's actually not just one book. It is 66 books all put together. 40 authors, over 5,700 original manuscripts, still intact, more than 19,000 translations and still new translations being printed and created today. Uh, three languages, original languages, in the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, written over 1,500 years apart. So the last time I checked, one person doesn't live over 1,500 years, so one person could not do this. Written in three different continents, uh, not just one, but four books of gospel or gospels of eyewitness accounts. Right of Jesus' ministry and life, with even more eyewitness accounts in other the other books. Right, more than eight thousand prophecies, with down to the tiniest detail, um, in which more than six thousand have already been fulfilled. There is not a single religious text out there that can even dare to claim one prophecy or telling the future when compared with the Bible. And we're not talking about some general generalization. Oh, there's going to be a war coming. Okay, and then there's another. No, we're not talking about something vague. We're talking about something very specific down to a name of a person during the reign of a kingdom, right? So now we're also talking about time, a place, a person. Uh, this is the difference, right? No other, there is no other religious text that can even come close when it comes to talking about prophecy and any future event. Uh, the Bible is not some made-up self-help therapy book, um, but actually has the power to transform and change people's lives in a permanent way, right? Permanent way, unexplainable, right? undeniable, that you can see the transformation in someone who was truly spiritually born again and Christ is alive in them, right? They were a bitter person. If you have seen this, you've seen a person bitter, uh, in addiction, um, just fallen, right? Um, substance, addiction, whatever it is that, you know, the materialism that doesn't fill that hole, that black hole in the soul, right? But once they have accepted Christ and choose to live for Christ, uh, now there is joy, there is peace, uh, they are able to endure what comes at them, unlike many people who cannot um, and take their own life because of it. Uh, anxiousness, anxiety, uh, that is all a part of having an empty soul, right? Um, where you're spiritually dead uh, and Christ not, is not alive in you. Uh, so we see that on a daily basis. Uh, the Bible always supports life. This one's big. And never death. While other religious texts support the opposite. They support death and not life. I'll say that one more time. The Bible always supports life and never death, while other religious texts support death and not 
life, right? Is there death where in the Bible where like God has to judge the wicked? Absolutely, because He's a holy God, and He must judge them. If He doesn't, then that means uh, sin and evil, wicked ways of people is allowed to go on. That doesn't make any sense. There has to be a righteous judge that separates the holy and the righteous from the evil and the unrighteous. So, yeah, there is judgment, uh, you know, and there has to be. But death is never allowed for some kind of selfish uh, reason or an opinion like today, where you're having a, you know, taking of a, a, a baby, taking the life of a baby inside a woman's womb just and calling it, calling it medical, that's never justified. That is never, ever something that's medical, right? That's a deceptive, it's a lie. That's a straight up lie uh, and, and a selfish reason that supports the, uh, the murdering of, a, of an unborn child. And so you have many ways that, you know, murder is justified today. Um, but if you don't have the Bible, the faith in your Bible uh, of God's word to back you up as a foundation, you really have no excuse to support any claim about the taking of life, supporting of life, without any foundation. You have no claim, you have, except for saying that's your own opinion. Right? You, you only have your own opinion. You have no foundation. So here's a response. We must all ask ourselves, where does truth come from? Does it come from someone else's opinion, or does it come from God's Word? Is it really blind faith to trust in the Bible as God's Word to all mankind? We must all ask ourselves, how did all of these writings all come together to tell the documentary of one true God? Simply put, because God was and is and always will be the author. Scripture tells us not one dot will be uh, gone from the pages of the Scripture. If anyone who is listening to this has any doubt that the Bible is the truth, I encourage you, don't remain idle or skeptical if you can see that there can only be one source of truth because other, peop- other people's opinions, even my own opinion, is not working because obviously it's hurting myself or hurting other people. If you can see that that's not working and that's not the source of truth, my opinion or their opinions, that's not the source of truth, then there has to be a source of truth from someplace, Right? So then what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Find the truth. Seek the truth. Know it and understand his word. And so with that said, now you know a little bit more about the authority of scripture.